Yo, yo. As promised, we are back. We are back. I am five beers deep. And I am uh I'm ready for this one. Uh I know last night was uh was a different night because uh we were getting into the bullshit and I know the bullshit is more entertaining, but uh this right here is uh very important for everybody to uh to to see who is uh is an avid fifty one fifty uh listener watcher. Um after last week's episode, Zoe uh decided to respond to everything that was happening because of course um everyone was reaching out to him and uh and trying to let him you know let let him know that they had his back that they loved him and supported him and i know it was very important for him to 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 clear up not just any misconception that anybody had over the years but more so just give a more detailed look into who he is as a person and uh and where he comes from and why he moves the way that he moves and why he is who he is today um he's still the voice of reason to those who uh have common sense and to those who really uh fuck with zo so uh that wasn't in jeopardy even though that was something that was tested um and I feel, thank you, thank you, Reggie Bone, for, uh, fuck with you, man. Uh, share this if you can, leave a like, subscribe if you haven't, hit the bell. Um, and right now, I uh, I really just want to, uh, this was important for me to do after last night because um, Zoe is a very important, uh, important aspect, a very important person uh, to the culture when it comes to uh, trying to evolve the mind of other people that look like us. And we have to appreciate that because there's not a lot of people that really, you know, take that life. Uh, they, they take that on as, as, as something that they do for as a lifestyle. That's his lifestyle choice. He, he decides that he wants to do this for a living. And. I got to commend him for that because a lot of people do other shit and continue to poison the minds of the people that need to get out of traumas and get out of the same mentality that has been taught to them for, for decades, for centuries. And Zoe is just that type of person where, you know, we need that voice of reason. And what happened last week was was unfortunate. So uh, without talking too much, uh, I want to get right to the video because this video is two hours long. And I want my video to kind of, you know, be around the same uh, time length. I don't want to go too far through it because there's not much to really uh, pause and say because Zoe said so much. And uh, it's just it's just really important, man. And I know a lot of people saw it already. You know what I'm saying? These these really these these reaction videos really just for the fans, you know what I'm saying? And just for us to come back and kind of deep dive into it and and, and kind of pick apart, you know, a few things and really kind of discuss, you know, uh, just discuss shit. So here we go. We're going to start right now. Let's go. I got a beer. If you got some weed, roll up, smoke some shit. Yo, yo. 
Zoe Williams is in the building. Let me just jump right to it. I want to get this out the way very quickly. Please hit the like and share button. Welcome to Zolo Mansions. Zolo Appreciate y'all for tuning in. Offshoot of my mansion show. I will be doing the mansion show again. It's yes, yes. That, uh, COVID protocols prevent us from gathering uh, in the way that you guys are used to seeing us gather, you know, a round table kind of environment where brothers are in Appreciate you, Woot. Letting it go, you know, speaking the real. Speak uh, that real, Zo. Let's go. Zolo Mansions simply means that Zo Solo. Uh, oftentimes, I am the moderator, the mediator. I am the one setting up the conversation and running the conversation, playing quarterback or point guard, alley-ooping my guests so that mm -hmm. they can speak. But uh, I created this show so you can get a better insight into how I view things, into how I see things. Um, uh, and as is commonplace, before we get into the topic, uh, I have to promote black-owned businesses. I've been doing it since the inception of the Zowat show, since July. Now, uh, real quick, just want to say, uh, this is no disrespect, no slight to any of the black-owned businesses on here, but uh, this is a this is a reaction video, and uh, just so you know, motherfuckers don't get it confused. Uh, just so you can hear about those black businesses, please go to Zoe's video and watch that part and uh, go support. I, I have, I've watched them and I, and I have, you know, done my part. So uh, do your part, go watch the video and go look at those businesses out there. We finna get straight to the point, straight to the motherfucking meat and goddamn potatoes. All right, let's go. Now, excuse uh, me. Let's get into it's the why I'm here. A lot of people need to know who I am. You know dig? I'm not going to blame nobody. I'm not going to shade nobody. I'm not going to side swipe nobody. Hit Even though like he button, could. The share button. Let's hit the like button. Let's participate. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to do none of that. Part of the misconception of who I really am mm -hmm. is my fault. Why? Because of how I was educated on how to do radio. It ain't my job to up to uh to to outshine or or to upstage the host of another show. It ain't my job to do that. As a person who is on another person's show, this is radio game. Your job is to make your host look good. That's your job. Robin Quivers knows how to make Howard Stern look good. She sets him up for jokes, and she tries to make him look good. She brings clarity to his statements. That's the role of a person in that position. Facts. If you're the host of a show, you're like a point guard. You're setting other people up so they can speak. You get them into their wheelhouse of oh, information. Yeah, we, we drinking tonight, Why? baby. Because it's your show. You can talk at any point. You can save a point that you had for a show for another show. Why? Because you were always going to be back. Your cast may not be back. So if you're a good host, you're a good listener. Right. If you're a good radio 
personality, you're a good listener. You allow your guests to say what they need to say. Mm-hmm. You help them get into their wheelhouse of information. That's how I was trained to do radio by the great Guy Black. Your job is to accentuate if you're in the two guard position, if yeah. you're in the small forward position. When you look at radio, it's broken down host, and the host can play any role. See, Zoe did a really good job of starting this out the right way. He's trying to let people know his role in this whole radio shit. Uh, Especially when it comes to other people's shows. Which tells a lot to how he reacted to the night of the bullshit that happened on the 5150 show. So, The host can play voice of reason. The host can play good guy, bad guy. Devil's advocate, the host can do all of that. But other people have different roles too. We call Jeff the intellectual irritant because that's a role in radio. Somebody who is there to fucking agitate. That's mm-hmm. a role, right? If the host doesn't want to play the voice of reason, he can designate somebody to be the voice of reason. Hit that subscribe. Then there's another role where it could just be information person. So if you just recklessly talking about a subject that you might not be, as the host, skilled in or knowledgeable of, you can throw it to your information person, and then they can fill in the gaps with the actual information. This is how radio is constructed. This is how I was taught to do radio. Speak your shit. Hey, pause real quick. Hey, real shit. I'm not going to lie. I'm about to smoke. I take full responsibility for laying back when certain things are presented about me. Smoke some. That's not really who the fuck I am. All right? Let's start. I got my trusty Dutch. I said my trusty Dutty. My trusty Dusty Pinchy. Get you something to smoke if you got a blunt, if you got a paper, if you got a pinchy, if you got a bowl. Smoke some, get some reefer in your body. We finna enjoy ourselves tonight, and we finna watch some uh some some voice of reason right now. Fifty one fifty chat goons, fifty one fifty nation. Uh, y'all 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 share this shit. Y'all like the y'all like this shit. The like button, hit the subscribe, hit the bell. We finna enjoy ourselves tonight, man. We finna have some real good combo. You want to know who Zoe Williams is? I'll tell you who Zoe Williams is. I was born in seventy one. I'm forty nine. I was born in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Yes, sir. To a mother who was 27 years old, and I was child number six. After me, she had a nervous breakdown because of my father. My father had another woman living in the projects behind us, watching her crib to make sure no niggas was coming in and out of there. We lived in Alton Park Projects. The Alton Park Projects has since been torn down and rebuilt. A lot of people moved into the area of Alton Park that came from New Orleans after Katrina. When I went back to Alton Park, 
the old energy and the spirit of that place was still there, even though there was new buildings erected. But I was able to go back there before they built the new building and sit on the porch of my old project. Had to fix that real quick, y'all. Don't mind me. I'm high. When I was born, my mother had a nervous breakdown and lost all of her children mm. to the foster care system. Hey, this this part, this part right here, y'all, is really fucking important. This part right here is extremely important. Please listen to this shit that he's about to talk right now. All right. If you didn't know anything about Zoe before, I'm telling you right now, just pay attention to this shit that he's about to say. My two oldest brothers went to jail because they was too old to be in foster care. My second oldest brother, Maurice, used to watch our sister Cassandra through the bars of the jail he was in. Playing in the yard at her foster home. My second oldest sister, went to live with her grandfather or her grandmother on her father's side. Facts, whoop. I was the last one to go to foster care. And you don't have to act hard to prove where you're from. We saw that last week. A lot of people like to act hard because of where they're from. You don't have to act that way. That's a misconception within our community. You got to act hard just because of where you're from. Nah, build, build some intelligence. How about that? My brother, who was 10 months older than me, went to the Bynums, James and Mary Bynum. They lived in Chattanooga. They had, or my, 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 my foster father, whom I respected a lot, had an upholstery company. Mary Bynum and James Bynum fell in love with me and my brother. My brother went before me. He was a toddler. He's only 10 months older than me, could barely speak, but was able to articulate to them, where is my brother? Where is my brother? They said, son, you don't have a brother. Yes, I do. Where is my brother? Now, mind you, he's a baby asking for me. They finally listened to him. You understand? And went back to the home or wherever I was kept, and I was in a basket next to the stove. I was a baby. They took me in. Me and my brother stayed with them until I was five years old. He was six years old. We were the fucking fresh prince in reverse. Because when we Real shit, real shit. I had to I had to when I first watched this, I had to really, really think about how many times that Zoe had to hold back uh hold back tears while talking about his situation. Because it's not easy to talk about how you came up. It's not easy to talk about the hardships and the, the shit you had to go through that, that people don't know about. The shit that you try to bury deep to try to keep moving on in life. But really, 
This is a therapy session for Zoe. So it's not just for people to know who he is. It's really for him. So really keep that in mind. When Zoe's talking, he's really doing this for him. And he's really trying to get a lot of these demons off of him and really, uh, uh, really just kind of just get a release, get this weight off of him. We lived with them. We lived in a house. We got haircuts every week. We went to fucking church every week. After church every week. We went to Baskin Robbins. I used to get shout uh, out Baskin little, Robbins. What's that little ice cream? The green ice cream with the with the mint in it, with the mint chocolate chips in it. Is that what it is? Mint mint chocolate chips. I used to get that shit every Sunday after church. The little sandwich. You in the dig? Christmas time. We used to pick our toys. I want the log. The lo you remember them logs you built the little log cabin with? I want the logs. Get me the logs. And we thought those were our parents. Until one day, my foster mother ran into my real mother and saw the grief in her face and said, well, damn. Out of the years and years and years of being a foster parent, these are the only two kids I wanted to keep. Because she couldn't have children. Mary couldn't have children. These are the only two children I want to keep. But she knew she had to give up the kids. This part fucked me up. When she ran into my mother. This part fucked me up. She helped my mother get us back. When we went back, we went back to the Alton Park projects. When I tell you thousands of roaches inside the house, when I tell you uh, rats, mice, hundreds of mice inside the house. This is no way to live, y'all. And I know a lot of people do not have the option to just have the shit that they want when they want it. And I know a lot of our people specifically, and I'm going to try not to even get emotional myself because just listening to that is fucked up. And a lot of people can relate to all that shit, the fact that they had to live in filth and had to live around rats, roaches, all types of shit, crawling on them when they sleep. Fucking, bro, it's crazy, like... And a lot of people are used to it, so they it don't it don't bother them like that because so many people go through it. Because it's easier to go through something when you when you know that so many other people go through it. But it's not the way to live, and a lot of our people grew up that way. You know what I'm saying? And 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 that's and and this is trust me, ain't no slight, ain't no disrespect, man. Like this has a lot to do with how. Our, just it's deeper than that it goes to our government how they treated us uh, the unfair fucking opportunities that we've had like we have been put in situations our whole life to be put up like this and we come out of situations like that and people become people like Zoe. so i just want to say to the people that are watching this this is bigger than what Zoe is doing right now take what he's talking about and realize where he's sitting right now in the position that he's in in life and the fact that so many people fuck with him and love him 
because of the shit the the work that he has done and put in out here in these streets understand that he came from this you know what i'm saying let that shit encourage you you understand my father was abusive my father tried to rape my oldest sister when she was six my father abused my my siblings my older siblings stuffing them in the closet with motherfucking rats and roaches what the fuck my siblings have a resentment towards my mother's siblings because they had moved from Chattanooga to California and we they felt like they could have did more for my mother who had a nervous breakdown and was on medication for the rest of her life. Needless to say, when we got to Alden Park, Alden Park got to us. We had to change. Mm. Little light-skinned, green-eyed kid. My brother's, uh, uh, the one that's 10 months older than me, he got amber-colored eyes, beautiful little motherfuckers running around the projects, looked like me. So, my so many black brother, people have to adapt, bro. Maurice, who looks like Carl Malone, never lifted a motherfucking weight in his life. He was 16. Mm. He was the goddamn man of the house because his father was hooked on heroin and left my mother. So Maurice became daddy and big brother to all of us. Excuse me. Maurice said, yo, bro, y'all niggas got to fight now. Y'all got to learn how to fight. We went through a type of boot camp. Niggas learned how to travel the fucking projects through the sewers and on rooftop. Mm. You understand? This is my life here right now. Look at his in face. Look at his face, man. You can see it in his face. This is a, this is very fucking hard for him to do, and this and that's also why he's talking aggressive. Understand, he's talking aggressive as well because it's hard for him to get this out, and he just wants to get it out, and that's the only way he can. This is this isn't this isn't don't don't take his tone for anything else but that. This is very difficult. I I, I would love to see anybody else really just dive deep into their life in front of thousands of people. You know what I'm saying? And really put it out there. I mean, really talk about the people that are a part of your life, your blood. When he mentioned about what his dad was doing, like, do you know how many people relate to that story? But haven't talked about it, can't talk about it, won't talk about it. This is this is this is real shit that he's that he's doing right now, man. And I and we you you can't do nothing but respect it. And on top of that, yo, it's making Corey look even more crazy for what he did, which is really anticip making me anticipate Tuesday's night shows, which is gonna make me think now it might be the apology tour I was talking about. How she did it. She got us to fuck up out of the projects. We finally moved to Altadena, 665 West Altadena Drive in, pa in Altadena, California, Southern California. 
when we got there. If you just joined, like I said, if you smoking, smoke some. If you a smoker, if you got a drink, drink some. Kick back, chill. We here. We gonna vibe out. Fifty one fifty nation. Everybody in here. I appreciate y'all, man. Fuck with me. We all six of us. And of course, my oldest sister had a baby by then. We all six of us moved into a goddamn apartment with my oldest brother, Anthony. Apartment number 23. Side note, we set that apartment on fire on per well. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> we lived there for a while. Then we moved to Pasadena. I'm giving you a little bit of insight into who I am because you may misconstrue what type of man I am. Facts, Chris. I came from an abusive environment. You understand? I came from a broken home. I came from a toxic environment. My mother couldn't do shit with us at six and seven. Couldn't do nothing with us. All she did was pray. That's all she could do. By the time I was in the second grade, I was fucking ditching school. Damn. They finally took me to the motherfucking <laughs> to the motherfucking schoolhouse. Greetings, Monique. And opened up my little cubby hole. And all my lunches was in that goddamn cu cubby hole with maggots in it. Because that's how much I was ditching school. Fuck. That's me in the third grade in Southern California. Hey, real shit. Hey, look as though as a kid. <laughs> I bet. <laughs> I bet he is amazed at the picture of him with so much hair. I bet if Zoe took that hat off. <laughs> we love you, Zoe. We love you, Zoe, man. You, you, you one of the realest, man. But this fucking picture right here, man. Goddamn. That's crazy. Oh, I'm trying to get my afro there. I, I really, I really am. I, I can't even front, man. Shout out to Young Zoe, man. <laughs> Eight years old. Southern California. My uncle, who recently passed last year, Sam Walker, was an English teacher at that school. He was my English teacher. That's legit. I'm going to fast forward a little bit. I get to elementary a little bit. Because I got kicked out of the school that my uncle was at. My brother, 10 months older than me, he stayed at that school until he graduated from high school. Because it was an alternative school. It was one of those weirdo schools where motherfuckers could call the teachers by their first name. Hmm. It was called Audubon on Altadena Drive. But you going me, in depth. I got into fight after fight after fight after mm -hmm. fight. I got kicked out of that school. 
And then I went to Washington Elementary. I got kicked out of Washington Elementary. You understand? I got kicked out of Washington Elementary, went to Field Elementary, and got into several fights every day. You understand? By the time I was in junior high school, I was still dealing with anger. I had a wonderful seventh grade. I had a great seventh grade teacher, English teacher. Used to be a Denver Bronco by the name of Michael Harrison. This is the motherfucker who taught me how to snap and, and joke and bag on niggas. He allowed us to bag in class. Real nigga shit. But for some reason, in the eighth grade, something in my mind snapped. Hey, real quick, real quick, I just want to say, the fact that he remembers that, you know what I'm saying? Like, it really means something. I know everybody probably out there, like, a lot of people really didn't fuck with school. A lot of people hated going to school. I was one of those motherfuckers. But there was the few, like, I'm literally a few, probably two teachers that really stuck out in my mind who was just real as fuck, man, and that I fucked with. And the teacher that he was talking about, like, I had somebody like that. Like, I had a I had a white teacher in middle school named Mr. Remington who every Friday, because he he had, because, you know, all the black kids had the same class. Everybody was in the same quote-unquote slow class. But it wasn't a slow class. I just put all the black kids in one class and make it segregated like it used to be. But uh, that's another story for another day. Anyway, Mr. Remington. Uh, having a class full of mostly black kids on Friday would play the music guessing game and he'd play a bunch of old R&B and hip-hop shit and have us guess the names and really put us on to some shit as young black kids and you know what I'm saying not to like be like yo let's give this white man a pat on the back but it's something that I, I really fucking remember and I really appreciate it because he didn't have to do that he could have been an asshole like the rest of the white teachers that we had you know what I'm saying? But he really, you know what I'm saying? He, he kept in tune with who who we were, you know what I'm saying? And he really, he, he really fucked with us in that way. And it was more than just the music. Don't get me wrong. Don't, you know, it wasn't just like, oh, a white dude played hip hop and R&B for black kids. Nah, like he was in tune. Like he really talked to us and he really tried to understand us and really wanted to like, you know what I'm saying, work with us. So, you know what I'm saying? Zoe, Zoe remembers shit like that and I do too. And I know a lot of people remember shit like that from back in the day. Let's keep going. I don't know what it was. Maybe it was a change of schedule. This shit all came back to me recently because I have my son with me and we were in the area of my junior high school. And I, and, and, and I took my son to go work out and I walked down the street to my junior high school and broke down in tears because of what I did at that school. I was the first kid in junior high to get sent to a to a high school truancy school a, a, a truancy high school because of what I did in the eighth grade on the first day of school. I was used to being <laughs> I was used to being at sixth grade gym. And second semester, the shit turned into, or, the, or in, in the eighth grade, the shit turned into first period gym. And I don't know, it set me off. I don't know what happened. I blacked out. And the first person I saw, which was this white kid, I grabbed him by his neck and choked his ass out. 
until snot started coming out of his nose. I let him go. He fell and hit his head on the linoleum. Clogged. They called the police. I was sitting in the motherfucking principal's office. This girl walked by, this big ass girl, she was big as shit. She, she was eighth grade. She was still like fucking 6'3, 250. She was a big girl and she was talking shit. That's a huge bitch. Her in the face, broke her nose. Fortunately for me, the kid's parents didn't press charges. Cause I could have went to I could have went to juvenile hall right then. But I didn't go. But they said you can't come back to this school. So in the eighth grade, I went to motherfucking Foothill High. Foothill High School. I was the only eighth grader in that bitch. Foothill High School. Foothill it was a high. truancy high school, and I was there. Then I went to motherfucking Pasadena High, where I had an opportunity because I could ball. I could hoop. I was really, really good at it. But my grades weren't good enough. So I missed out on the opportunity of playing ball. I went to Pasadena High School. I made it through that motherfucker. Fast forward to now, y'all see where Zoe's son is, right? If y'all follow Zoe and y'all know where his son is at right now, what he just said, I know the fact that, you know, now you see why. Because a lot of, you know what I'm saying? A lot of, let's let's be real. <clears throat> a lot of kids grow up without their dad. A lot of kids grow up without their dad supporting them in certain ways. He is fully behind his son. He supports his son. He's been there for his son and really champions his his son. And, and, and his son is a ball player. And, you know what I'm saying? That, that shit is rooted deep. And that I've always commended him and always respected him for doing that as well. Because, you know, we don't see, we don't see that a lot. But... Uh, Zoe makes sure that he he makes it known that his son means a lot to him and that his son's path in life when it comes to basketball is important to him. Then I went to Pasadena City College. Then I got in the motherfucking music industry early. At the end of the day, I was still dealing with a lot of mother fucking anger angry motherfucker because that's how i was raised to fight so if i'm raised to fight i'm looking for fights oh yeah his son cold as hell too i'm looking for that i want that i want to express myself through violence all my friends who grew up with me understand who i am one of my best friends he just had a birthday, January 12th, just turned 50. Shout out to my homeboy, Truth. Truth. Y'all know, I call him Poet. He and I got into a fight in the eighth grade. <laughs> I was whooping his ass and picked up a brick, about to smash him in the face until his mother drove by. But he's still one of my peoples today. My homeboy, True Blue, right? My homeboy, True Blue, 
from Pasadena. Madcap had a, uh, an album party. If y'all remember the 90s group Madcap, they were the first artists to be signed to Loud Records. They had a joint called The Whole Kit and Caboodle. I was on that album rapping under the name L-Dub. Dan, you talking about the volume? You say he's low or what? If the volume's low, let me know. I'll turn it up. Stand for last word. I'm, I'm not trying to come across as a gang. I was never in a gang. I'm not a gang member. I'm not trying to come across as no Billy I'm a gang banker. I'm a gang shit. banker. I'm saying I'm a gang banker. <laughs> I came from a broken situation and had to grow up out of brokenness. And I'm trying to give you an example of my past that Ooh. led me out of brokenness. Important right there. That's very important. Not only that phrase right there that's on the screen, but what he is talking about right now, that's very important. You know what I'm saying? Like, please pay attention to this, everybody. Please. And also, everybody that joined in, hit the subscribe, hit the like, hit the bell. Come back because, you know, Tuesday night. Y'all know what's happening Tuesday night. Whether we get a 5150 show or not, we're going to be here. You know what I'm saying? So uh, if we do get a 5150 show Tuesday night, I'm going to wait right after. And I'm telling you, right when that show ends, I'm going to be right here. And we're going to be live and we're going to talk about it. We're going to conversate and we're going we gonna to motherfucking, we're going to talk that shit. You know what I'm saying? So shout out to everybody here. Uh, subscribe, hit the like, hit the bell. And trust me, it's going down on this motherfucking page, man. Let's get it. Smoke some too. Me and the homeboy True Blue. We're upset because y'all know the homie. His name is Coke Daniels. Coke Daniels is a movie director. He's doing a movie right now that's about to come out called Karen. Coke is very talented. Zoe has a car. the leader of the group called Madcap. We had a, a crew in Pasadena that was 30, 40 niggas deep. And some of the niggas in that crew were gang members. But we, I wasn't a gang member. We had a meeting with Steve Rifkin at Loud Records for this whole big ass crew of niggas. And we had multiple groups. True Blue felt like Coke went behind everybody's back because he set up a side meeting with Loud that got him the record deal, that got his group the record deal, instead of all of us as a collective, a record deal. True Blue was upset. I was upset. But I also said, so fucking what? Let's all just get together behind Madcap and help these motherfuckers do what they need to do. True Blue wouldn't let it go. Me and True Blue got into a fight. I whooped True Blue's ass. True Blue was 100 True pounds Blue. heavier than me. He whipped the nigga. I beat True, True Blue's, Blue's ass. ass. <laughs> For 30 minutes. Fuck True Blue. I'm just kidding. Then I went inside because I got tired. And sat down and watched TV. 
The homeboy James Broadway. Charles, me too. about James Broadway all the motherfucking time. James Broadway and another West Coast rapper by the name of Casper. He had a, a, a record and an album out on Capitol in the 90s called Adrenaline. Broadway produced it. Broadway and Casper hype True Blue up. You gonna let Thanks. little ass Zoe beat your ass, nigga? You a bitch ass nigga. You let little ass Zoe whoop on you, nigga? So True Blue snuck up behind me and sucker punched me. So I got up and went inside of Broadway's bedroom under the bed and got the AK. Needless to say, everybody in the house grabbed me. Nah, nigga, just go back out there and fight this nigga. But the reality of it was I was tired as fuck. And I wasn't going to keep fighting True Blue, but I felt like he did me dirty by sucker punching me because I whooped his ass fair and square. Nah, he didn't grab an AK. He grabbed so something else. what I did was <laughs> I walked out the motherfucking house and said, yeah, nigga, let's, let's go at it again. And I saw two bricks. And I picked up the two bricks. One two was made bricks. of granite. One was porous. I picked up the two bricks and turned around and hurled the motherfuckers right at True Blue. The one that really could have cracked his skull missed him. Mm. Hold on. The second so wait, one wait. didn't. The second one but didn't. Did he cracked his, his shit. Head open. Let me say something real quick. All right. Now, whether we, whether, whether, they had a conversation about 20k or not what up elma um the fact that the conversation was 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 talked about on live about the fact that zoe has tried to you know let Corey know hey when i do this i, I got you because like you know just giving somebody a whole twenty thousand dollars whether you are a youtube commenter or not is not just something you just fucking, you know, just, hey, here's 20000 when you don't have, like, the biggest platform or, like, you don't have the the big uh, machine behind you when you're doing this all yourself and have to continue to put money into yourself and your brand to continue to build, to make money, to continue to live. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's why it's important that when you do watch his, uh, his streams and when you do watch his podcast and you see his Cash App donate, if you fuck with Zoe and you really you you really hear what he's talking about and you really respect him and you really respect what he's doing and how he's reaching the people the way that he is because we all know that this isn't fake. We all know Zoe isn't being fake when he's talking about the shit that he talks about. He's he's a genuine person, so if you really fuck with that, go ahead and donate. Try to build the brand because we all know that it's going to come back to something that's more positive and it's going to reach more people to try to change the minds of certain people out there who need it. If, if somebody like Zoe came from the hood, he can talk to people from the hood because he relates and he can talk to them in the in, in an intellectual way so that motherfuckers can be like, yo, this man came from where I'm from and he learned this and he 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 talks this way and we understand, you know what I'm saying? Like, y'all got to understand this shit. You know what I'm saying? Hell yeah, GMS Nation, let's go. 5150 Nation. I fuck with y'all, man. Shout out to everybody that's here once again. Hit the like, hit the subscribe, hit the bell. We're going to be back here Tuesday night right after the 5150 show after we see the fuckery that might go down or might not go down. But let's keep going, man. Let's, let's listen to this. Uh, let's listen to the legend, the voice of reason. When they had to rush his ass to the motherfucking hospital.
me and True Blue weren't cool for many years after that. Years later, I'm an A&R person at Loud Records. Steve Rifkin gets me out of Loud Records because I blew up on him. I blew up on Steve Rifkin because Steve Rifkin had the unmitigated gall to call me a nigga. But he didn't call me a nigga in my presence. He called me, he waited to call me a nigga when I was gone to lunch. He was mad because Madcap's second album was about to come out and Coke Daniels called me and asked me, when is our album gonna be released? And I told him, in March. Steve Rifkin says, hey nigga, well, he didn't say hey nigga to me, but Steve Rifkin in the meeting, uh, I, well, I'll get to that. Basically, I went to lunch I come back to the office, everybody looking sideways, there's a message on my desk that says, Steve Rifkin wants to talk to you. But out of everybody in that motherfucking office, it was only- Yeah, 51 Fish, 5150 Nation, just a, just a disclaimer. I'm not finna respond to any of the people in here hating on, on, on what's going on right now, or hating on Zoe, or any type of shit like that. Y'all can do that shit yourselves, because I know y'all motherfuckers handle shit anyway, so. I'm not finna respond to that shit. I'm not. I'm just. I, I see it. You know what I'm saying. I see it, but I'm not. I'm not finna respond to it because Zoe is a solid nigga, and, and and anybody that has any foul shit to say is just they got a problem with themselves, just like we saw last week on Tuesday. You know what I'm saying. Keep that. Keep that in mind. The motherfuckers that got some negative shit to say about Zoe or anything about his his business or his money or anything like that, they got a problem with themselves. Keep that in mind. Let's keep going. Only one sister, I think her name was either Tasha or Mona Lisa. Mona Lisa is a legendary DJ out here in LA. One of them came to me and said, yo, Steve Rifkin just called you a nigga. I said, oh really? This is 22, 23 year olds old. Oh really? Okay. So I go to the motherfucker office. His assistant, Lisa Duvernay is right there. This is before she's Lisa Duvernay married to the homeboy Fade DuVernay. I kicked the motherfucking door in to Steve Rifkin's office. And I told him, I will drag your bitch ass out here in front of all these niggas who's scared to talk about it. Nigga, you think you can call me a nigga? I will beat your ass for the $200 every two weeks that you paying me, nigga. Steve Rifkin was scared. And from that point, Steve Rifkin got with my homeboy from Grape Street. His name is Black. Black is a crip. And that how, that's how Black got into the game, really. He became the unspoken muscle at the office at Loud Records. You understand? And Rifkin was working his ass off to get me the fuck out of there. <laughs> so he hooked me up with Freddie Demand at Maverick Records. I had a 20-minute meeting with Freddie Demand. I came out of that meeting as the senior VP of Black Music A&R. Rifkin didn't give a fuck. He was just happy to get me out of that office because he knew 
I can't pull fuck shit with Zoe. Facts. Hey, fuck Steve Rifkin, by the way. Full disclaimer. Full disclaimer. My toxic way of handling things. My preferred conflict resolution skill has always been anger, aggression, and violence. And I'm not afraid to say that that shit has spilled over into my interpersonal relationship with women. Hey, hey. Fact. Anybody out there that can relate to having some type of anger problem either growing up or even right now. Just you got to you got to relate to that shit. And of course, we know Zoe didn't have to do this at all, but I feel like Zoe definitely had to do this for himself. It wasn't for the people. If you didn't listen, if you weren't here earlier, I said this shit right here was more for him than it was for y'all, anybody else, or even Corey. Yes, it, it, it's in response to what happened, but I this is a therapy session. You got to understand this is this is something that is therapeutic for him right now. He needs to get this shit off of him. You know what I'm saying? So he can continue to move forward and continue to do the work that he is doing out here in these streets for these people. You understand? I had no father. I had no healthy relationships when I grew up. The only way you get to see this version of Zoe today is Zoe had to be man enough to look inside and own his fuck shit. I had to realize I'm the common denominator. I'm the problem. I run people off. I hurt people. Hurt people hurt people. I had to come to that realization. How I came to that realization or the beginning process of coming to that realization is having children. My son, my oldest son, GK, who that's just a fact. graduated from Fresno State with a degree in philosophy. That's another Three years fact. after him, Jay-Z Love. my daughter, my only daughter who's at LMU studying theater. Two years after her, my youngest son, Naeem. Another fat dollar. beef with, with both their mothers. Beautiful chocolate sisters that produced beautiful chocolate babies. Shout out to the queens. High regard. Hold them at high regard. My Always. relationship with my youngest son's mother it's still not cool. We don't talk. But me and my youngest son do. I, ju I was just with him. He was with my oldest son's daughter, his niece, my granddaughter. Hey, let's talk about that for one quick second. Uh, Jeffrey, what you just said. Uh, Jeffrey said, absolutely, that's what's been holding him back. You can't be the voice of reason and have anger issues. That's hypocritical. That's a fact, and I understand what you're saying. I understand what you mean by that. 
we are all human. We are all a work in progress. And I feel like him labeling himself the voice of reason is him trying to walk into his truth. Excuse me, I'm drinking beer. But uh, that's him walking into his truth. And we have to understand that as humans, when you are learning to be better and do better, walking into your truth is one. You have to speak things into existence. Please understand how important that is. When you speak things into existence, there is nothing that will stop you from reaching your goals. And you, when you speak things into existence, don't just talk about shit that you wish or dream to happen. When you speak things into existence, you have to mean that shit. You have to own that shit. You have to be 100% true with yourself when you speak shit into existence. And when somebody like Zoe calls himself the voice of reason, he's speaking that into existence because he's fir- he's doing the work. He's putting the work in right now. So anybody that is calling him a hypocrite or anything like that, not talking about you, Jeffrey, in, in particular, but I, I know that there are some people out there that really are, you know, just a few, a few that are against uh, uh, Zoe at the moment. But of, of course, we don't want to get him too much attention, but just trying to put some more perspective into what is happening right now. He is speaking his truth and he is and, and, and he is speaking things into existence. When you put that shit into the universe, what you give to the universe, it will give back to you. The energy that you give to the universe, it will give back to you. So if you have positive energy, everything that comes out of you is positive. You steady looking for uh, the positive light through the dark. You steady trying to do do the right thing. The universe will pay that back to you. And that's exactly why when what happened on Tuesday night happened, the overwhelming love and support came falling for Zoe Williams right here. Don't get that mistaken. You understand? My daughter's, my relationship with my daughter is what exposed the toxicity that I had towards women. I can't treat my daughter the way I treated her mother. Never biased. Let's get that. Let's get that out the way real quick. Never biased. I was introduced to Zoe through Corey. I have been a Corey fan. Matter of fact, the video I posted last night, I made it very clear that I am a fucking Corey Holcomb fan. And I am still a Corey Holcomb fan. And he is still one of the greatest comedians alive. He is in my top fucking 10. Do not get it fucking mistaken. Anybody in here right now, I'm telling you right now, anybody from 5150 on on out, I am a fucking Corey Holcomb fan, okay? But I am not a fucking hypocrite and I do not contradict myself and I hold myself accountable and I I, I am not the type to sit here and, and, and side with some shit that I know is bullshit. Corey is going through some shit, obviously, that we don't know about, which is why we have seen him turn on certain people. Now, I'm not just talking about Grady because Grady did say some shit that was out of line. And you cannot, you cannot 
gauge somebody's response when you do when you say something that is that is foul towards them or whatever the case may be what however it started but when it comes to people like zoe or when it comes to people like d these people i, I see the loyalty in these people you know what i'm saying i see the loyalty in these people and to see him turn on these people the way that he did and say the certain things that he did and contradict himself and try to belittle a person that has been a staple and a part of this whole brand. I can't, I can't rock with that. That doesn't mean that I'm not a fan still. I'm just going to call the bullshit where it is. So no, I'm not biased. This is not a whole, this is not a, oh, this is just a Zoe Williams and a smear Corey campaign. No, Corey has to understand that what he did was wrong. Just like when we do what we do and when it's wrong, we have to face our own shit. Now, this isn't, this isn't no high and mighty shit. Ain't nobody perfect on this side because everybody that has left a comment on this motherfucker has did something wrong in their life. And the person that you see sitting right here in front of you has done a bunch of wrong shit in my life. We have to fucking learn from our mistakes and we have to hold ourselves accountable. We have to face the mirror every once in a while. We can't just be right all the fucking time. You understand? Let's get it. I didn't treat her mother well. I cheated on her mother. I had my youngest son outside of that relationship, outside of another relationship. I didn't treat her well. I was a liar. I didn't tell the truth. I was a user and a manipulator. Hey, real shit though. I'm six beers in. I got to take a piss. Listen to Zoe. I'll be right but back. As my daughter began to grow up, she started to behave like my own personal shaman. She started to reflect back to me what the fuck is wrong with me. And I had to be a man about it and take responsibility. I couldn't blame nobody else for why my relationship with wonderful women kept getting preempted and fucked up. It was the great Frederick Douglass who said, it is easier to build strong children than it is to repair broken men. I was a broken man who was being repaired by my relationship with my children. My oldest son started to show an aptitude for basketball. So I poured myself into him. After I broke up with another relationship with a woman that I believed to be my soulmate, but I was still lying. And when you lie to a woman, Regardless of what she agrees to, her spirit is always advising. Nah, something ain't right. To the point where we got into it. And once our relationship broke down, that's when I wrote the motherfucking relationship dismount. And I poured myself into my son's basketball. Motherfucker fucked around and got 20, 30, 40 goddamn scholarships. He was that good. He is that good. 
chose Auburn, then transferred to Fresno State. Now he's in the G League. Hey, Martin, go to my page. You'll see my videos, stupid. I say all of that to say. <laughs> this is my, my children. Let this is my second react video ever. Go to my Instagram. Go to my Twitter. Go to my fucking page. You'll see my own videos. You'll see my music videos. You hear my beats. Just do a little, do a little, do a little deep diving. All right. Let's go. To my healing. Shout out to Martin. His name is Martin. <laughs> It is possible for broken men to become whole if they bend the knee to the mirrors that show up in their life. Every relationship you're in is a fucking mirror reflecting what you haven't worked on. Children are your best mirrors. They show up. They call you on your book. Also, full disclaimer too again. <laughs> hey, Martin. Uh, I, I, hey, I wasn't. I mean, that's not. That's I. I'm, I. I just like responding to shit. But uh, I let I, I let Zoe know I was doing this. By the way, uh, for anybody, uh, I make sure I do my due diligence. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, I DM my nigga Zoe. Uh, not my nigga. He's not my friend or nothing like that. We don't know each other. But uh, I I DM Zoe and let him know that uh tonight we was gonna do a, a deep dive on his video because he knew we were doing last night's video same with grady uh so uh both grady and zo knew about last night's stream and uh zo knows about tonight's stream so just to give that a full disclaimer Bullshit. but you got to be willing to be in their life you got to be a willing participant part of the reason why my relationship failed thank in, you joseph in butler 2005 to 2011, I was with the girl for Respect, six and a Martin. half years. I Part of the you reason cuss. why that relationship failed is because I was lying. And I was lying because I told myself, I made the excuse. Duh. Stupid. You can't be the kind of daddy your daddy was. He wasn't there. And I was too afraid to say, hey, I'm still over here dealing with this. And I want to integrate you into it. I was lying. And her intuition picked up on it and she couldn't tolerate it. And she was way younger than me. So she hadn't grown up enough to be able to talk to me and work with me. And I was still young and stupid too. So the shit crashed and burned. But for a good purpose, because when it crashed and burned, I took fucking responsibility for the crash and the burn. It wasn't on her, it was on me. I was the elder statement as statesman in that relationship. I had to take fucking responsibility. Facts. And that responsibility led me down the path that says, whatever is a weakness in me that is reflected to me by my hey. children, I will teach them about that seed in them. He almost shattered his phone. God My damn. son got the anger shit too. Mm, it's passed down. He saw me be angry towards his mother. So he got it. Do you understand? That's bad. The fruit don't fall that far from the tree. 
My son being a basketball player taught me about teamwork, friendship. My thoughts on friendship is this. A friendship is a team. If we wearing the same motherfucking jersey and we got multiple teammates on our team, how in the fuck can I choose a side? Black men in America, whether you know it or not, you're wearing the same jersey, nigga. How do we choose the same side? It's that thought process that keeps motherfucking gangs alive. There's another side. There's a villain over there. There's a nigga that you can't trust. See, black men are very quick to call out the toxicity in black women that they've inherited from this society, but niggas don't want to talk about the toxicity in black men. In themselves. The paranoia. Mm -hmm. More money, more problems. The hierarchy, the fear. Motherfucking Richard Pryor was scared of Eddie Murphy because he saw him as the young lion on the way up that could take his motherfucking spot. You understand? Tell me that's not happening in the hood every day. Hey, people aren't picking sides. It's, it's just they knew one side was wrong and one side didn't deserve what was happening. And uh, yeah, man, this is this is a different situation. It wasn't it wasn't uh, the type of situation where uh, they just kind of like started going at it and Zoe just started picking at him. You know, Zoe asked him a simple question about uh, the Grady situation, and it turned into a, a Corey versus uh Zoe situation and it, it just it wasn't right in the moment and like i said uh anybody that's speculating and saying whatever they have to say about the situation whether you uh <clears throat> whether you agree with Corey or whether you agree with Zoe, um tuesday night is gonna tell a lot and a lot of people gonna put their fucking foot in their mouth and i f i feel that way i think I, I i think i just have a hunch that a lot of the people that are uh, saying a lot of shit about Zoe right now are going to uh, be very, very quiet come Tuesday night. Uh, but, yeah, maybe I'm wrong. We'll see because I'm going to go live right after that fucking 5150 show. Uh, for those who just joined in and don't know, uh, hit the subscribe, hit the like button, uh, hit the bell. Uh, Tuesday night after the 5150 show, we will be live to talk about that shit as well. We don't know how to be on the same team. We don't know how to respect each other. Why? Because we think somebody gonna try to take something from us. We don't know how to appreciate each other. We don't know how to honor each other. That's why we objectify women. That's why we objectify each other. I only keep you around cause you smart. That's an objectification. Hmm? Can men lead without embracing their own shadow selves? Can you be a leader in the community, amongst your family, amongst your friends, amongst, your, uh, amongst the neighborhood? Can you be a leader if you haven't embraced your shadow self? where all the trauma is, where all the fear is, where all the insecurities are. Can you lead? 
because you're not leading if fear is advising. You're not leading if ego is advising. It was my children who taught me that relationship is a mirror. It was my children who taught me that partnership is delegation. I used to have my fucking kid, my oldest son, with me on the basketball court when I was still hooping. This highly weird motherfucker. On the basketball court. Every time I got into a fight, I told y'all this before, I would bring my son and I would ask him, did I handle that right? Nah, dad, you lost your cool. You, you could have did that differently, dad. I said, what should I do? My son is 13 years old. I said, what should I do, man? Hey. I said, apologize to everybody. Hey, Martin Leon, uh, I, got, I got one thing to say to that. To what you just said uh it did seem like a lot of people were scared thank you thank you hey i got another beer um and i think the only reason was because that 20k shit when you got 20k ho hovering over your head you know what i'm saying that's like the 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 elephant in the room because you know Corey has brought up the whole 20k shit but he he never and and this is a fact. Corey's never brought up the 20K and the fact that Zoe owe me 20K. He never did that. Zoe, Corey, I give him the benefit of the doubt in that situation. Corey has never said nothing about that nigga owing him money until last week. But it's just, it's it's when you're in a situation like that, if Corey's going off, you, it takes a lot. I'm pretty sure Zoe just said, fuck it. Maybe it'll come out, maybe it won't, but I have to stick up for something. I have to, or I won't be myself. I'd be, be a hypocrite of myself if I didn't say anything in this moment. And then that's when everything jumped off. I went and apologized to everybody. And everybody embraced my son and talked to him. Hey man, people lose their cool. Hey man. People get upset sometimes. Hey, man, people go through bullshit sometimes. But you know what? Whether you get money or not, 20K for an ass whooping is a lot. Part of manhood, they're <laughs> talking to him. Part of manhood, brother, is to be able to own your shit. When you're wrong, own it. It belongs to you. My new book talks about it. Claim over blame. We have a blame-shifting society. Everything is mindset. Do you have a victimhood mindset? Do you have a winner mindset? And I'm not talking about false confidence that is buttressed by motherfucking accumulated things. If your confidence is connected to the shit you got, what happens when it's gone? What happens when you lose it? If you are defined by what you have accumulated, what happens when you lose what you've accumulated? Your confidence is gone? Confidence is internal. It's not something that needs a fucking PR person. Either you have it or you don't.
Confidence is not about beating your chest. Confidence is not about expressing that you're confident. Confidence is what the fuck it is. We can't build a community because we've been taught to be suspicious and, 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 and uber cautious of everybody. Yes, there's some motherfuckers out there you should be cautious of. Mm-hmm. But you got to know you damaged as fuck if you cannot see when somebody doesn't pose a threat to you. Hey, um, one second. One second. Actually been on your team? I know this is this is very random. This is very random. But I just want to let my beer drinkers know if anybody out there that that drinks beer, it's very important that you wipe your fucking rim off. <laughs> I don't want to be this random, but I'm telling you, bro, there's a reason why there's some shit on there, man. I'm telling you. If you ever wipe the rim of your fucking beer off, if you have a can, bro, if you have a can, wipe that shit off, fucking whatever the fuck. I'm not even being weird about that shit. I'm telling you, bro, you're going to be surprised when you find out what you wipe off on that motherfucker. Stay safe out there, Joe. You've disrespected. <laughs> You've marginalized. Because your insecurity said, they might be better than me at something. They might be doper than me at something. Yes, like the video, huh? subscribe, hit the bell. For many men, following all socials up top, does the vetting for friendship when they haven't healed past trauma. Let me say it again. For many men, fear does the vetting when they have not healed past trauma. How do I know I can trust him? How, how do I know he? How do I know he down? healthy man is not intimidated by another healthy man or a toxic man facts facts a healthy man can be vulnerable around other healthy men and ask for motherfucking help facts it don't make you a man just because you ask for help or if you ask for guidance or if you don't know some shit and you need to know about some shit, a lot of people let their egos get in the way of their progress. Let me say that again. A lot of people let their ego get in the way of their progress. We all know you're a man. But you need the tools to get where you need to get to in life. You don't just you aren't just born with the knowledge of knowing everything. And I think that's the point, just a specific point right there. A healthy man is not afraid to treat people equally and respectfully. A healthy man is not afraid to listen without judgment. A healthy man values women. Mm. Mm, mm, what mm. is healthy if it ain't balanced. And what is a man without a woman? It's balanced, family. So, if there's resentment in you because your mother wasn't what you 
thought she should be. Because your trauma defines you. Then how the fuck are you going to appreciate anybody else? Because if your trauma is defining you, then that means you haven't found a way to appreciate you in totality. You. Yourself. That's what an insecurity is. This nigga spit. It's something that has not been embraced. It's something that has not been put into context. This is something that I picked up from my past, but it's not what makes me. That's how you overcome trauma. You embrace it. A lot of y'all talking from a, mo, mo, a fucking macho man, fucking mochismo ass fucking point of view and like motherfuckers be ready to square off and fight with everybody. And I think that has a lot with this just fucking the, the generation that we're in now where we see a lot of people fighting in fucking fight videos and just people just fucking just violence all the fucking time. But anybody with common sense knows like if you getting into it with your homeboy or somebody that you are real close with, you know what I'm saying? Like. You would try to find every other reason not to want to actually put hands on them. Like, I remember a time, like, I tried not to put hands on my home. I knew this motherfucker since, like, the sixth grade. And, like, I had to put this nigga in a wall one time. Like, this motherfucker was really in the wall. Like, his back was in the wall. His legs was hanging, dangling down because, like, I couldn't hold my aggression in. Like, and I didn't want to get to that point. I tried every fucking, <laughs> I tried everything I could. I didn't want to punch him. So I just picked him up and I put this nigga through a wall. You know what I'm saying? Shout out my nigga T-Hine. He's a little Russian white nigga. I had to pick his ass up and put him through a wall. I didn't want to do that, man. Like, you you can't let that shit get to you. Like, I, it, it fucked me up, man. And me, of course, we friends to this day. I, I love that motherfucker, man. That's my boy. But, you know, you have to get to a point where... You, you, you have like you can't do that. You know what I'm saying? If you if you really care about somebody, you love somebody that your family, man, you're going to try every other avenue besides trying to physically hurt them. So anybody that's like, why didn't Zoe punch on him or do anything to Corey is because just like he said about freeze during the show, they're friends. They got years behind them. They got history. Aries was not Zoe's friend. He don't he don't know that nigga. So if he got disrespectful for him and said I'll fuck you up right before Zoe put the elbows on that nigga, then that's what the fuck happened, all right? Like, just fuck it. It's, it is what it is, all right? And the reason why he didn't fucking put elbows on Corey is because he fucking has love for Corey, an immense amount of love for Corey. So y'all just understand that. If you haven't done that, fear is going to be vetting shit out, vetting friends out. Wherever there's fear, there is the question of loyalty. I, I don't know if you heard what I said. Wherever there's fear, there is a question of trust and loyalty. He should have been a preacher. <laughs> Zoe should have been a preacher. Dude. It becomes a fucking priority. Because you're scared to lose something. You're scared somebody going to take something. You're scared somebody scheming. You're scared somebody lying. You're scared some, some of that shit is being attracted to you because you haven't resolved it. Biggie said it, more money, more problems. Right? Can baby, success baby. breed paranoia? Yes, the fuck it can. Especially mm -hmm. if you're always looking. You're, you're looking for shit. Oh, uh, somebody might take this from me. 
in the book written by Dr. David R. Hawkins, Transcendence, he talks about slight collectors. Corey got that goddammit on him. People <laughs> who are looking for slights. Did this nigga slight me? Did this nigga talk slick to me? Hey, no, he really was. Corey was like, I'm not Aerie Spears. Just so we know that. Just so we clear. I am not that nigga. But I ain't finna fight nobody tonight. <laughs> what this nigga say? Slight collectors. Collecting slights. Because that's what you're looking for. The Bible says it. As a man thinketh, so is he. Buddha Right? All this world is made of mind. Right? Robert Anton Wilson said it. Whatever the thinker thinks, the prover will prove. Do you understand? If you want to be a man, listen to me. Listen. Is the volume better? Is the volume better? Let me know. If you want to be a real man, you have to become a conqueror of self, a conqueror of your trauma, a conqueror of your hurt. If you are a work in progress, that means the foundation you stand on is mutable. Is that better? Some people think standing on shit is the end all begin all. This is your perception. But truth is subjective. The ultimate truth is not. And most people are not conscious enough to say they got the ultimate truth. What they have is a perspective. And many times your perspective is built on unhealed trauma. Is that better? Let's go. Shout out to y'all, man. Thank y'all. That's why I need y'all, man. That's why I fuck with y'all. Thank y'all, man. As a bring, man. Bring a tear to my eyes. Does standing on a principle or standard make you solid or inflexible? And when do you know you're becoming inflexible? Also, hey, hold on one second. Um, to anybody out there that's smoking or that is a smoker and participates in cannabis activity, uh, roll something, pack something, smoke something, relax. Uh, this ain't this ain't about this ain't about no uh, negative energy. This ain't about no other shit. We just we just going through this shit and having a conversation, man. So, smoke some shit, relax, give your opinion, but I don't, you know what I'm saying? Leave all that negative shit somewhere else. You know what I'm saying? Let's let's partake in 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 spreading these positive vibes. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I know this is kind of intense because this nigga voice is just really, <laughs> really hitting right now. But we we here to relax, man. This is GMS. It's Green Mind State, man. This is this is all positivity. But we gonna we gonna we gonna get this shit off. We gonna get this shit off. Please believe me. See, a real leader has to have flexibility, huh? A real leader has to know this is the limit of my capability and to be an effective leader, I must delegate without fear.
See, you can't really delegate if you're scared, if you're worried about loyalty. See, Tony Robbins already told you, the people around you are a reflection of you. And if you're scared, right, if you're scared, then you must have people around you that are fearful too in some aspect. As a man, does standing on a principle or standard make you solid or inflexible? Bruce Lee said, be water, my friend. You pour, it, you pour water into a cup, it becomes the cup. You pour water into a vase, it becomes the vase. Do, do you understand? Zoe's Muslim. Flexibility is key to growth. If you're the same person you are today that you were four years ago, what makes you a great leader? What makes you somebody worthy to be listened to? Watch out, Farrakhan. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Farrakhan is almighty. He's the greatest. I'm going to ask you again. What is the face of manhood that's been raised by a single mother with limited resources? Typically, it's the face of a man who aggrandizes his masculinity, who aggrandizes his machismo. Who is fearful of telling the truth about who the fuck he really is. What happened to Bobby? He drowned in Kangen water. You didn't hear about that? That is the face of most boys in America who have been raised by single mothers. That means that's damn near 70% of the men you meet. Black men across the world, hear my fucking voice. We are on the same team. I bring people to this platform because I feel like they're on the same team. Because some of the messaging says they're on the same team. And if we're on the same team, why should I have to choose? If they got a beef, handle your beef off the air. Because the world is watching. Yeah. You got the, the nerve. To, to motherfucking get on sisters for getting on air and saying, or getting in their car and posting messages on their Instagram saying, if he broke, I can't fuck with him. You know, this old ratchet bitch, blah, 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 blah. Let me say something real quick. I, of course, Bobby's still living. That was a joke, man. He didn't drown enough Kangen water. Bobby, Bobby, a real nigga. Hey, uh, I just want to bring this point up real quick, just for those out there who who just don't, still don't understand or still don't think Corey be out here contradicting himself. The reason why him and Zoe even got into it in the first place was over Grady and over the fact, and same with Darlene. She said it was wrong for what Corey did. And when she called Corey out for putting his business out there, Corey said, you mad because... Because this nigga lied. You taking up for a nigga that lied. I put the nigga on blast. He can't take it. Y'all, let me tell y'all something. Do y'all remember? I said this in the last video. But do y'all remember 
excuse me, when Corey talked about Pierre Edwards, comedian Pierre Edwards, when Corey, and, and it was for a few weeks, probably even longer, when he talked about Pierre Edwards going to 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 um to fucking um, Gary Owens' wife and telling Gary Owens' wife that he was cheating on her on the road. Do y'all remember when that happened on the 5150 show? Corey said that was whole ass shit. That was bitch ass shit. That's none of his business. That he he had no he had no place to do that. Corey he 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 basically put Pierre out there for doing some shit that we ultimately found out that Pierre didn't even do. He had Pierre on the show after all that shit happened because come to find out Pierre didn't even do that. And he already called Pierre a whole ass nigga for doing that shit, blah, blah, blah. Now fast forward. Now Corey talking about he putting a nigga on blast for lying about cheating on his wife. Is that not contradictory? Is that not contradictory? I'm just saying. But brothers, if you're not doing this work, yes, to make Corey sure that other this. brothers know that we're wearing the same jersey, then who are you to talk to them? They lost because you lost. They broken because you broken. They're passive aggressive prostitutes because you're a passive aggressive John. If I accumulate, if I get things, if I get bread, if I get money, then I have control over her. It's Sunday. Corey definitely watched this probably twice. Sarah, play that video. The Tone Talks video. Play it. Sarah fucked up. Then play the other one until you can get that one. <laughs> Sarah's supposed to be on cue. She fucked up. You're a really good example of this. How many people have heard the term hypermasculinity? Tired of this whole shit. How many people have heard this term apply to black men constantly? All right. The term hypermasculinity is actually a, a social science term that originated around the 1960s and was used as late as I could tell until 1988 to describe black men. Here's the, here's the crazy thing about it. It's not a term that actually talks about black men being more ma masculine. It's about them being more feminine. The argument was, if black men didn't have male role models in their homes, right? No, correction. The cheating shit was, P was Corey accusing Pierre of telling Gary Owens' wife that Gary Owens was cheating. And, and, and Corey said that was whole ass shit. He said he did some bitch ass nigga shit. All right, let's just let's 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 get the facts out there. You can go back and watch that shit. All right. Right, because remember, all all black men abandoned their children back then. This is the Monahan type stuff. Women were the heads of households. If you had a son, the son imitates the head of household. So when a black son imitates a mother, he takes on female characteristics. They call it a female personality disorder. <laughs> The effect of the female personality disorder is that the black man becomes more deviant. He Yo, likes 5150 niggas, y'all niggas so fucking funny, man. Y'all don't take shit world. seriously at so all. So he actually <laughs> then starts to reject everything feminine. And by rejecting everything feminine, Good that's vibes, how he though. becomes hypermasculine. That's how, this is how this stuff developed. But how many of us knew that history? So what we do is we, this is what I'm saying. So we constantly deploy terms, especially on black male bodies, 
right? Because this is the history of how gender is formulated. Now, pay attention. Now, natural society, they're interested in the male subject because the male subject could have sex with the female subject and you mess up all your pretty Anglo-Saxon men. So everything is about policing that, right? Women are exploited for labor, for bodies, for, for generating middle classes. So when you look at Jamaica, you rate black women, what do you do? You create a middle class of people, mulattoes, that can do your dirty work and govern over the rest. See, our bodies are exploited in different ways. Our sex makes us vulnerable in different ways. But we know none of this, so then we come in and we start talking about the idea of the patriarchy. Black men were literally excluded from the patriarchal class in this country until the 70s. There is not a record in 100 years of anyone referring to black men as patriarchs because the idea was that they were lesser men and feminine. This is what they said in 19th century ethnology. This is what they said in the 20th century. This is what they said in the 1980s. You go ahead, milk duds. You can't say you're a good man if you got kids and you're not a good father. You can't say you're a good man if you don't allow your children to teach you something about you. The only way they can teach you something about you is if you participate with them. Mm -hmm. Jay-Z said the same thing in the 444 album. I don't give a fuck how much money you got. You're not worth more than a man who has poured into the spirit of his children all that is meaningful and purposeful. My son and daughter just got their ishefa, their hand of ifa. And the babalao was sitting there <laughs> talking to them or talking to my son, they were having a, a discussion. And usually in this discussion, I'm the one talking. Mm -hmm. But they were talking about relationships Two days. and the toxicity in relationships. And my son began to talk. And as my son began to talk, they all looked at me smiling because he was dropping bombs. They say, oh, go ahead and gloat. Yes, that's mm -hmm. your son. The, 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 the fruit don't fall from, far from the tree. That don't mean he perfect. That don't mean he got a, a grasp of every fucking understanding. No, but I've set him on the path. Yo, I want to make something else clear. <laughs> Motherfuckers, I keep bringing up 20K and this nigga owing 20K. Please understand. Go back to that video and watch that video. And uh, tell me how concerned Corey was about uh, Zoe putting hands on Aries. And then, not just that, but watch the videos after that, the episodes after that. And tell me how concerned Corey was and how much he, against what happened Corey was. Because if y'all are real 5150 fans and really paid attention and watched every episode every motherfucking week, you would know that Corey gave every fucking reason why Aries deserved that ass whooping. And just to support the fuckery that he was on last Tuesday, he for the first time ever said that what Zoe did was ho shit. Now, if I'm lying... If I'm lying, I motherfucker, I can 
strike me dead right now, Jesus. Corey, and, and on top of that, even more contradictory, one of the one of the reasons Corey said, one of the one of the reasons Corey said that Aries deserved it was because he called Darlene a bitch. But when Corey and Darlene was going back and forth last week on Tuesday, Corey kind of in it like just side kind of called her a bitch without calling her a bitch. If you if you if you go back and, and watch that shit. But let's keep going. I've set him on the path of accountability. I've set him on the path of respectability. Son, don't duplicate what you saw me do to your mama. Don't do that. Son, when you saw me communicating to your mother as a child, that's a fact. DJ, I DJ, I don't know what, he, what he, DJ Catercore, Catercore, whatever he said. I look at it like you took up for the brand. So definitely put them elbows down for the brand. All right. So anybody that think it's whole shit or think that he could have whatever. Nah, so put those elbows on Aries for the brand for 5150. He did. He disrespected the entire fucking brand and Zoe put the elbows on him for it. It ultimately cost 20K, <laughs> but Zoe put the elbows on him for the brand. Remember that. I was an infant in my communication. Don't mimic that. It's in you and it's going to want to express itself, but you see it coming. Read this book. Read this book. Do you understand? My daughter can pull me and say, Dad, that ain't that ain't the way to do it. Dad, that ain't the way to do it. Okay. Yo, Martin, chill, B. Martin, yo, Martin, chill. All right. I told you I've been drinking, fam, and I'm trying to. We trying to deep dive into this shit. This motherfucker is hitting these jokes <laughs> so hard right now, bro. Pause. This motherfucker said, "Hold up, y'all." He said he thought Zoe was finna take his hat off, and a team of swordfish was finna attack Corey. Yo, fam, chill, B. Watch the video, man. Watch the video. <laughs> I miss where am I off Yo. you can't you can't disrespect like that you can't disrespect like that dad that's disrespectful watch how you say this dad you think they're your children and and you own them you think uh, uh, your word is bond but no as they grow up you think they don't see your fuckery you think they don't see your bullshit Yes, they do. And guess what? This is where you get a fracture. Toxic parenting. Right? This is where you get a fracture in the relationship. This is where uh, holding a parent in contempt comes in. My father or my mother isn't good for my soul, isn't good for my spirit. I've got to love them from afar. 
You love your parents from afar because they don't want to own the toxicity that they planted in the child. So once the child starts to see this toxicity within themselves and say, do you know most therapists have been through some motherfucking trauma? And that is the impetus for why they become therapists, because they want to heal themselves. Most therapists have to do motherfucking 5,000 hours of therapy. My greatest success is my ability to be an amazing father. My greatest satisfaction is my ability to be a mentor to my children. I was once the authority in their lives. And then I had to transition out of being an authoritarian and become a mentor. My son went to Auburn. Bruce Pearl recognized immediately. He's the strongest leader we got on this team. He sent him to the SEC uh, to represent Auburn in a leadership conference. When my son transferred to Fresno State, they recognized his leadership skills. They recognize that. Oftentimes, when you have a young leader, it intimidates white authority. Bruce Pearl told my son and me, he said, Zoe, your son is the strongest leader we have on this team. However, I am fearful that he will lead the team in a different direction than I want to go. And I said, Bruce, does he drink? Bruce. No. <laughs> Bruce, does he smoke? No. Do you have people on your team that drink and smoke and that has gotten in trouble? Yes. I said, if anything, he going to lead them away from that. But what he was saying was a bit bigger. He was basically saying, your son has more influence than I do. Where does that come from? It comes from his fucking father. You could be wealthy all day in America, but you're really poor if you don't put that <laughs> in your child. You could have all the flyest cars, you can have the deepest bank account. But if you ain't got right that now. with your kids, y'all are fucking killing me right you're now. You're spiritually impoverished. And that is the worst type of poverty to be spiritually poor, to be philosophically poor, to be psychologically poor. Do you understand? This world is about more than materialism. This world is about more than acquisition. This, this world is about more than power. Hmm? Let's talk about contradictions. 
If everybody is a work in progress, then everybody must be prone to contradictions. If you get married and you cheat on your wife, that's a contradiction to the oath you took in front of God. That's a contradiction to the oath you took in front of God. And I'm not dinging or blaming anybody for cheating because I have been a cheater most of my motherfucking relationship <gasps> life. Word. The point I'm trying to make is it's human to be contradictory. What does that mean, Zoe? Because Corey is man's D.S. Williams. For, contradic for contradiction's sake, I'm talking about contradictory for change. If you are a work in progress, if you're constantly growing, if you're constantly... Bro, I'm going to tell you like this. Like, if you if you had a long uh, a long relationship with one of your homeboys, somebody that you knew for a long time, and y'all build this relationship, y'all build this platform, y'all build a following... You know what I'm saying? Everything is, is copacetic. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere. And I know a lot of people was like, yo, it's been leading up to this. We, you could see it from previous episodes. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you can kind of see the buildup of like tension a little bit. And it's just only been because of the Grady shit. You know what I'm saying? Like you cannot let some outside beef, even though it's like a connect thing. Like, yeah, yeah, uh, Zoe's cool with Grady and he's cool with, uh, with, with Corey. But at the same time, like the fact that Grady is the reason why a, a 10 plus year friendship basically ended the way that it did. Who knows? If, I don't know if it ended, man. We don't know about the behind the scenes shit. We got to wait till Tuesday because honestly, Tuesday is going to determine whether or not we know what the fuck is really going on between these two. Uh, whether or not this nigga Corey apologized or whether or not he doubled the fuck down. And we know that. Corey is known for doubling down, but also we all, you know, somehow, some way over the past couple months, Corey has been coming to terms with certain shit, with certain shit, even though the shit happened last week and he was out of pocket. He has been, he has been calling himself out on certain shit. You know what I'm saying? And, and one thing I want to point out, and this is for the, the OG motherfucking faithful from start to finish watching 5150 fans. I remember a while back. Now, please let me know if y'all remember this. Corey mentioned something about him having some secrets or some shit that he's been holding in or something that he, he's been wanting to let out. And, and when the day comes, when he lets it all out, people going to be shocked or some shit that he's just been wanting to say to people. But he hasn't done that yet. He has not done that yet. And I, rem I, I remember this vividly because this has a lot to do, like when, when Darlene said last week on Tuesday, when she said, this is something else. It ain't got nothing to do with me. You, 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 whatever you're going through, don't put me in it. Corey, it's something that's going on with Corey, man, like that a lot of that, that people don't know about that he just holding in. And he has to let that shit out just like, Zoe letting this shit out himself. Despite what people may think who think Zoe is wrong or whatever in this situation, this like I said, this is a therapy this is a therapy session for for Zoe Williams right here. This isn't really a response or this isn't him going at Corey or going at anybody else. This is a therapy session. He's he's speaking his truth. He's putting it all out there for everybody to know. I think Corey needs to do the same shit. 
whatever Corey said that he needs to let out, that he needs to, that he got some shit that's buried deep down that nobody knows about that he, he wants to let out to the world. I think he needs to do that. And I think a lot of that bitterness and a lot of that uh, hurt and a lot of that deflection will come off of him. That'll be a huge weight off of Corey. And we'll see a different Corey in the coming months and, and episodes of 5150 show, if that ever was to happen. Evolving as a person, what you agreed to two years ago might be different. Today. Now here is where the man in you shows up. Can you sit down with the person you talking to? I had to go through it. I had to go to hell, fight the devil, which is in me, and come out with this understanding. See, if, if, if you can sit down with the person and say, I'm different. What I agreed to before no longer stands. Who I was when I agreed to this is not who I am today. So that agreement no longer applies to you. You can't raise a good son or daughter if you haven't conquered your demons. You can't raise good kids if you haven't conquered your demons. If your demons live rent-free in your spirit and help you make decisions, you're going to be a train wreck for anybody that you come in contact with. <clears throat> yeah, that weak link, that shit was foul, and it was wrong. You're going to be a train wreck. It was wrong. For anybody. That's not a fact that about Zoe Williams. He's not a weak link. That's a fact. I'm not perfect. Never have been. I take responsibility for all the fuck shit that I've done. One of the greatest fuck shits or fuck shit circumstances that I have participated in was the Ari Spears debacle. What you don't know about me is every time I lose my, ang uh, my temper, I see it as a spiritual demotion. I have taught my son this. Every time I see... Is there an elbow emoji? Is there, is there something that involves elbows and an emoji that somebody can put in the comments? Just put an elbow emoji or some shit. Put the, put the, put the elbow with the, with the fucking like this or some shit. Put that in there for Zoe real quick. Put the elbows in there. Or lose my temper, I see it as a spiritual demotion. I see it as a setback. And for a long time, I felt exceedingly bad about the Aries Spears situation. But the reality of it is, I didn't know the brother. The reality of it is, I talked to the brother off air. And off air, the brother was cool. He would listen when we were off air. I said, hey, man, please listen. Hey, brother, please listen to what Corey is saying. Follow his direction. But then once he got back on the air, he jumped back onto the crazy shit. I don't know him. I'm not a comedian, although I play one on TV. Mm. I crack jokes and I act silly 
but not with people I don't know. The reason why me and Freeze didn't fight is because Freeze and I have over 25 years of friendship. When Freeze got divorced, I don't want to put too much of his business out there, but when Freeze got divorced, I love you, Freeze, and I don't mean no disrespect by this, but when he got divorced from his first wife, Freeze came to my house and slept on my floor because Freeze is my brother, and I love Freeze. And what y'all don't know is when we stepped outside of that motherfucking studio and we put our dukes up, Freeze said, man, I don't want to fight you. I said, I don't want to fight you either, dog. I love you. I love you too, brother. Anybody that thinks that's weird or anybody thinks that's soft or anybody that thinks that they some bitch-ass niggas or whatever the fuck, whatever thing, anything like that, that you think about that situation right there, you are wrong. Those are people who are grown and who have a fucking stable mind on them and who know, for one, not only are they too old to be out here fucking squabbing, for two, these motherfuckers have too many years beyond them and too many good that outweigh the bad for them to sit there and try to put hands on each other. Too many people try to be hard, man. Y'all motherfuckers want to be hard so bad. Y'all motherfuckers want to prove yourself. And you want to put your ego at the front so bad. It takes being a man to understand when to motherfucking do some shit and when not to do some shit. And those motherfuckers are family. You cannot fucking jeopardize family when you have the option not to. All right? There we go. And what do we do? We hugged and went the fuck back in there. Freeze is one of my best friends. Whenever I see Freeze, it is nothing but love. It is nothing but appreciation. It is nothing but approval. It is nothing but support. But I'm going to tell you this. <laughs> I ain't won every fight I was in. Chill. <laughs> you know why? Because niggas underestimated who they thought I was. I'm not one to be uh, underestimated. I'm not one to be marginalized. I'm not one to be disrespected. I love my brothers. I do. I swear to God, I love my brothers and I love my sisters. Sisters, I know I haven't been the best to you. I know I haven't been the most appreciative of you. I know that sometimes it looks like I Hey, on some real shit right now for everybody that's watching. Uh, everybody that's paying attention, everybody that can hear my voice right now, I am about to do this one time, and I'm about to do, I, I'm going to do this one time every stream, all right? I'm about to post this up right now on my Instagram. Everybody that either follows me on my Instagram, that's above my name right now, my Instagram or my Twitter, I'm following everybody back. I'm posting this right now on my story. We got people in here right now. We got 5150 Nation. We got the motherfuckers in here that's motherfucking got some sense 
here for Zoe, here for Corey Holcomb. Motherfucking follow me. I follow everybody back right now. I swear to God, I'm not playing. Everybody that follows me right now on Instagram, I'm following everybody back. I'm siding with fuck shit that is said about you. But I'm not. I genuinely love you. If you ever took the time to read one of my books, you got to know that that shit ain't coming from a place of fuckery. If you've ever read The Relationship Dismount, How to Stick the Landing When Exiting a Toxic Relationship, if you've ever taken my Relationship Masterclass, five and a half hours, it's got homework in it. It's got printable homework in it. It's got a 25 book list. I've read thousands of books. If you've ever participated in what it is that I do, you'll know that I don't hate women. I had to learn to love women. I was disappointed in my mama because she couldn't do enough. And that's where the hate came from. I was disappointed in my mama because I felt like she failed me. Chad, D gonna be but there for once sure. I broke up with the expectations that I had for my mother. See, I had to realize that the expectations I had for my mother, she was incapable of providing. So it was wrong to put that fucking jacket on her. <laughs> I had to realize I'm in relationship up, with Randy. my expectations of my mama. <laughs> Once I break up with those motherfucking expectations of her, I can now see her as she is and approve of her wholeheartedly. This is who you are. I love you. My mother died in 2009, a few months before Michael Jackson. That was a hard year for me. Following everybody back. I'm a Michael Jackson fan, and I love my mama to death. But I felt so much love when she died because she wasn't in pain. I think I shed one tear. That's my mother's grandmother. I mean, that's my mother's mother right there. That's, that's Nancy Bell. That's Big Mama's daughter. That's my mother. Right? When my mother passed in 09, it was hard. It was hurtful. This was got this what got me because right here. Because my mother has been broke her whole life. I was trying my best as an A and R person to get wealthy, to start grinding, to get her in a crib so she can experience a beautiful life. But she died before I could do that, and that was one of the most heartbreaking times of my life. I felt like a failure because I couldn't provide something nice for her. Every time I see my aunties, my aunties look just like them. I just saw my cousin's mother the other day. She looked just like my mother. There, there's my auntie, Marilyn. I'm, I'm, I'm sitting there staring at Marilyn. My Auntie Marilyn is talking, and I ain't got shit to say. I'm just 
I'm just looking at her. I'm just staring at her because she looks exactly like my mother. And I love, I love, I love them so much. And I didn't, a, a, a part of me feels like I haven't spent enough time with them. Right? Part of me feels like I haven't kicked it with them enough. I, I haven't, then I lost my aunt Priscilla a month ago. She was the youngest child of my grandmother, Nancy. She was the youngest sister. She just passed. And the shit was hurtful because every time I saw Priscilla, we used to call her Pokey, every time I saw her, she would say, when you're in Atlanta, come see me. I'm going to try to get to Atlanta. I'm going to try to come. I'm going to. I'm gonna try to I'm gonna try to come see you. I'm gonna try to come see you. Come on, baby. I need to see you now. I need to spend time with you. Boom. Out of nowhere. Pokey gone. Pokey gone. My grandmother died before I was even born. This is my my mother and the and her sisters. Grandmother. This is my mother's mother. That's big mama. You understand? That's my big mama right there. That's Nancy Bell's mama. That's Rosetta and Marilyn and Pokey's grandmother. I did nothing but cause her hell. I threw rocks at big mama. Big mama tried to whoop me. I threw rocks at big mama. I kicked the deaf boy in the stomach. This nigga threw rocks porch. at Big Mama. What the fuck? You understand? I terrorized the kids in Big Mama's neighborhood. But also helped Big Mama transition when she died in 98. I wrote about it in my first book, The Rebirth of Seeds when I talked about a spiritual experience that I had. And the spiritual experience was, I just heard, it sounded like a voice, but it, there were no words, but it sounded like Big Mama. I was sitting in the bookstore that I owned on Fair Oaks. I had a bookstore. We had a, we had a motherfucking ATM machine and we had a pager company and we had an airbrushing company and I'm sitting in the store that I own. Zoe telling his truth. Just, just let him and get it out. And something just said, call Big Mama. But it, the something sound like Big Mama. It sounded like Big Mama. So I got on the phone and, and I called Big Mama and it rang like 50 times. This is before you had a goddamn answering machine or she didn't have one. And she finally answered the phone. She sounded like herself. I said, Big Mama. You okay? She said, yeah, I'm, I'm fine, boy. What, what's going on? I said, I, I just, something told me to call you. Still following everybody back. And when I called her, or I, she said, something told, I said, something told me to call you. And she, she sounded good or whatever. And then finally, she asked me something that made me think something ain't right. 
He said, I need you to do me a favor. I need you to come down here and put a blanket on me. Now, mind Yo, you, whoop. after I threw rocks my at G. Big Mama, after I fought with my cousins at her house, after I motherfucking kicked deaf people on her porch, after I talked reckless than a motherfucker, me and Big Mama was estranged for like four, five years. We were estranged. She told my mother, that boy going to die. He going he gonna to jail. This shit ain't going to work. He, he on the wrong fucking path. When I got down to Big Mama's house, I knocked on the door. It took her an hour to get to the door. It took her an hour to get to the door. When she finally got to the door, she was covered in feces. Her hair was matted. She looked like a goddamn skeleton. She was on a walker. And I just broke down and, and started crying. I walk in, I pick her up. I didn't give a fuck about the shit that was all over. I picked her up and I carried her to her bed. And I laid her on her bed. Damn. And I called myself trying to clean up, but I couldn't, I, I, shit, I, I couldn't clean up shit. So what I did was I called a friend who I now call a godmother. And her name was Keyshar. I said, Keyshar, I, I need you. I need you bad. I need, I need you to come here right now. She said, where, where are you? I said, I said, I'm at my great grandmother's house, man. I, I need you to come down here. She said, well, what's wrong? I, I said, man, I, I, can't, I can't explain it. I don't, I don't know what the fuck is wrong, but I need you to come down here and help me. Keyshar came down. She saw the situation. Keyshar is not blood. But Keyshar is thicker than most blood I know. Keyshar takes my grandmother, bathes her, washes her hair, combs her hair, cooks for her. She does it for two weeks until Big Mama dies. The second day that she did this, I came down to see Big Mama and when I walked in, Big Mama said, who would have thought that the devil would be Big Mama's angel? See, you don't know me. You don't know where I'm from. You don't know. Hold the fuck up. What are y'all saying right now, Tariq Nasheed? Are y'all saying something that hap that's happening right now? I need some clarity real quick before I continue this video. What's happening right now? Do I have to go to uh, Tariq Nasheed live right now? I mean, this is supposed to be the, the, the Zoe response video, but please fill me the fuck in. What is happening?
I'm seeing somebody talking about Tariq Nasheed doing something right now. Unless I'm, I'm unless I'm just high and bugging right now. Unless y'all just saying shit. Anyway, I'm gonna let the video keep going. Who I am, I may sit next to people and talk to people, but you don't know me. You don't know what I've come through. You don't know the work I've invested in me to be different, to be better. See, I'm the nigga that's gonna tell you right now, off rip, I'm the problem in every relationship situation. It is me. I'm the problem, I'm the issue. I'm the common denominator. If the shit don't work, I've got to build fucking rapport with you. Y'all don't know me. Y'all don't know what I'm really about. Y'all don't, and you really don't know what I'm capable of. You really don't know what I'm capable of. Who would have thought that the devil would be Big Mama's angel. If you don't have moments of redemption, you're not doing self-work. If you don't have moments of redemption in your life, that is a sign that you're not doing self-work. Robert Harlan, we don't know yet. I was yet. redeemed in that moment. My grandmother shared every dirty secret I ever had with Kishar. Facts. Do you understand? Every, who would have thought that the devil would be Big Mama's angel? No redemption, or let me say it another way. No healing, no redemption. No revealing, no redemption. If you think Zoe is ever going to return to the 5150 show, put an elbow. If you think he's not, uh, then say no. <laughs> I just want to see more elbows. <laughs> if you're afraid to reveal the truth of who you are, there will be no redemption. I have to claim that I wasn't shit for many years. But I wasn't shit. Because I came from shit. What do you mean you came from shit? My mother was a good woman. What do you mean you came from shit? The circumstances, the toxicity, uh, uh, the, the abuse, right? Being ripped away from foster parents. That was the most healthy relationship I had was with people that wasn't my family. I see a lot of no's and I got to agree. I definitely got to agree. Hey, I'm, I'm going to be honest. No man is going to sit there and call me a weak link and step out of his body to try to demean me in that way. And Zoe knew he didn't mean it. And we all know that Corey didn't mean that. We just know that he was kind of losing the battle, so he had to try to say some shit to really, you know, hit hard at Zoe. But after saying some shit like that, especially in front of all these people, you either got to apologize to me and let these people know that what you said was wrong and that you didn't mean it. And maybe we can move forward from there. But if... Like I said, Tuesday night, I know everybody in here is about to tune the fuck in. 
I'm gonna be right there too, watching this shit. We gonna see what the fuck gonna happen. Tuesday night is gonna is gonna determine a lot about the the future of Fifty One Fifty Show, and everybody that's involved with it. You don't know me. You think you know me, but you don't. You don't know me. You think you know me, but you don't. You don't. And the reality of it is, I pour into being better, sharing my fucking process, because it helps me heal. Right? It helps me heal. It helps me stand up. It helps me reflect back to me like, oh, shit, Zoe. Still following everybody still back. Got work to do, brother. Instagram, Twitter, everywhere, Snapchat. Follow me. Following everybody That's back. That's why I love interfacing with my people. But I'm going to tell you like this. You can only help the willing. You can only help the willing. You got motherfuckers out there talking about me like they know me, like, like we friends. Right? Like the niggas like talking about squad, 20K like right now. Talking about how you talk about relationship and you not in one. You don't know my business. I know, I know Hollywood. I don't tell my business. I don't bring my girl around. You under dick? It's none of your business who my woman is. Martin, I'm going to elaborate in about 20 minutes because uh, I'm going to end the video uh, soon because we all know how this video ends. But I'm going to elaborate on this situation. It's not no bias shit. I'm not here on no 100% Zoe. I'm not here on no 100% Corey. I'm going to elaborate at the end of this video. Trust me. And y'all going to want to hear this shit. And I want to see y'all opinions as well. I'm not obligated to tell you who she is. She's part of my intimate life, not yours. It's motherfuckers out there talking. <laughs> Zoe don't have no car. You heard that from another man who knew me at a time when I didn't have a car. Nigga, it's 2021. <laughs> Was that a laugh of a nigga that got a car or a nigga that don't got a car? That's 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 up for y'all uh, y'all opinion. Uh, <laughs> it's twenty twenty one. Did you know that? <laughs> Privacy is important to me. <laughs> Stop being a hoe. A hoe-ass nigga Fact. regurgitating shit you got from a third party about a nigga you wish you were like. Hmm? Stop regurgitating the words of rabble-rousers, of niggas who want to keep up shit.
of niggas who want to keep up uh, uh, disrespect, of niggas who want to keep up angst. Stop regurgitating shit you've never experienced your motherfucking self. Niggas don't know air part of me. Niggas don't know my friends. I wish some of y'all did so they could tell you that's not the nigga to fuck with. Of all of us, he not the one to fuck with. You better get your blammer. You better get that goddammit. So for those who uh who had shit to say yesterday about did y'all see how Corey low key threatened Zoe about getting the shit and popping him? Yeah, yeah, he Zoe definitely understood and Zoe definitely knew what Corey was talking about. So I I was waiting to say this. I was waiting to say this cuz everybody talking about fighting. Let's get it clear. Corey was talking about shooting that man Tuesday night. All right. I didn't want to say nothing about this yesterday. I waited till tonight for a reason. This is why I feel like Zoe is not coming back. Corey real life threatened to shoot him. And if you didn't catch on to that, you're slow as fuck. Now, I don't mean to get super fucking serious, but that's what the fuck happened for the people. That's that. Like, that's why there's so much love and so many people from 5150 telling Corey he was wrong, not just because he called him a weak link and not just because of the just the fuckery overall. He he real life threatened to shoot Zoe. insinuate it, whatever the fuck you want to fucking call it. So, let's keep going. You better. I'm not the one to play with. I'm not. Never have been. Do you understand? I'm just not. I've never been built that way. And ain't no dry stitching either. Ain't no other. No, no, none of that shit. Cause Zoe ain't finna do no fucking legal shit. And ain't no legal shit finna happen. So this ain't about no dry stitching or snitching. None of that shit. It just, it is what it is. That's what happened. My people. I love y'all. I love the ability to come on here and talk to y'all. Like I said, I take full responsibility for any misconception that you may have about me i take full responsibility appreciate you robert friends associates colleagues if you don't know who the fuck i am i apologize to you i wasn't clear but i hope this is clear i will work with you i will ride with you even after you do fuck shit to me. I will ride with you. I will walk with you through your process if you allow me to. Or is he but coming back? I will back? no longer allow disrespect.
I believe that the climate was established for the Ari Spears situation. He's watching the show as a fan like everybody else. The climate had already been established. The established climate was fuck with this light-skinned nigga because he takes it. He's Mikey. I'm very clear-minded. Because he been taking it. Oh, I guess that's the nigga to fuck with. Goes back to how I set it up in the beginning about radio. Radio taught me to let the leader lead. That's not my show. Let the leader lead. Follow the leader's example. But if the leader cast you in the light of weakness, if the leader cast you in the light of some fugazi bullshit ass nigga, then the guests that come on that motherfucker will also see you in that light and think you're supposed to take what the leader has dished out. I'm no longer doing that. I'm no longer doing that. The reality is the responsibility for the Aries Spears situation is a three-pronged space. Three-pronged. It's a three-headed monster, a three-headed dragon. Chiefly, it's on me. I shouldn't have went at that brother, period. I should have got up, left. I should have walked away. I should have just got up and walked away. I didn't do it, and it was a spiritual demotion for me. I'm the leader of that three-headed monster. But when you create a climate that says you can disrespect this man, the guests may come on and say, so can I. And real quick, that's another reason why you saw on Tuesday night, Zoe brought up the, the point of uh, Corey being able to conduct that show better with him and Aries. Uh, and I, I, I believe that to be true as well. Even though Zoe is a grown man, he has the, the he has the ability to have decision making. He can he can make those decision decisions on his own. And he should have uh, not done what he did, but he did it. And it was very satisfying to watch that happen anyway. But uh, Corey, he didn't stop it. He didn't say nothing. Like I said, when you watch that fucking video again, if you go back to the airy shit, you will see they cut to Corey and Corey's literally sitting there like this be right before, right before, right before Zoe put the bows on him. You cut to a scene of fucking Corey sitting there like this. I shit you not. If you go watch that video again, you will see Corey like this. Looking dead at them, smiling. Ready to see what the fuck was about to pop off. So, of course, Corey could have handled that situation better as the host and as the person that could have controlled the situation. Me, personally, of course, I I wasn't in that situation, so I'm not about to say what the fuck I would have did. But if Corey would have brought Zoa over next to Darlene and or if he would have just stopped the show or if he would have just told Aries he got to go, None of that shit would ever happen, but 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 Corey liked confrontation. Corey liked the fuck shit, so the shit inevitably happened. 
and nobody can say that they would have sat there next to Aries too and would have took that shit like they wouldn't have did shit either. Like Aries deserved them elbows, bro. Three-headed responsibility. And the chief responsibility is mine. The other responsibilities are ancillary and tertiary. But the primary responsibility is mine. The primary responsibility belongs to me. Control your emotions, yes, Gavo the Goat. But when a motherfucker says, yeah, but that means I'll fuck you up even more, and he tells you he gonna fuck you up, at that point, as a man, you gotta show him you won't do that. And I'm sorry if you feel like you ain't man enough to actually do that when a motherfucker say they gonna fuck you up. But uh, if a nigga say he gonna fuck you up, he gonna have to prove that. I don't know how much of a man you are, but I'm just saying. The buck stops with me. Yes, I'm intelligent, but that's not something to be envious of. Yes, I'm articulate, but that's not something to be envious of. Just because somebody is, intic- uh, is articulate doesn't mean that they are contextually intelligent. The higher the intelligence, the more nuance to the conversation. You wouldn't have took it serious, but why didn't Aries take Zoe serious as a man? Why isn't anybody asking that fucking question? I don't care how long Aries has been a comedian. Why didn't he take Zoe serious in that moment? The, the less there are declaratives, this is a definitive fact. The less you hear that, the more intelligent you are, the more there is pliability and flexibility in your conversation. Wherever you hear rigidity and black and white thinking, you're listening to an idiot. Someone who is not well read, someone who lacks context. Let's talk about being broke. I've been broke my whole life. Hey, man. That's where we're going to stop the video, actually, because uh, we all know where this video leads. And quite frankly, we're all ready for Tuesday night for the 5150 show. And if you're not, <laughs> you are joking, whether you are on Zoe's side, Corey's side, or both. Tuesday night is about to be a lit-ass episode, so I'm telling y'all right now, Tuesday night, tune in to the Corey Holcomb 5150 show. Let's see what's about to happen, and right after that, I'm telling y'all, right when the show ends, I'm going to be right here, and I hope y'all going to be right here, so hit the subscribe button, hit the fucking bell, hit the like button right now. Everybody come back here Tuesday night after the 5150 show. And we're going to talk about what the fuck is going to transpire. Either we're going to see an apology tour or either we're going to see this nigga double down. And uh, we definitely going to see he's going to show up. So uh, everybody have a blessed night, man. Y'all go check my socials out. Y'all go check out my music. Y'all go check out the beats. Uh, Y'all go check out the content. Subscribe, all that shit. Follow. I'm following everybody back. So follow me on uh, Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat. All that shit. Uh, 
yeah, man. Uh, I got to take a piss because I'm drunk. So good night, everybody. Shout out to Zoe. Shout out to Corey. Shout out 5150 Nation. Shout out to the 5150 Goons. Uh, I'll see y'all motherfuckers Tuesday night. Shout out everybody, man.